each and every one of us has our own unique prescription for what we require in order to feel better. And the missing link was the needs, right? And looping our needs into how we're caring for ourselves, how we are relating to ourselves, what we're asking for in our relationships allows us to be present in it, right? It allows for care that is responsive and not prescriptive. Hello, hello, beautiful souls on the other side of this podcast. Welcome to another amazing, life-changing episode of High Vibe In It. We are here today, as always, to help you live your best life, accomplish your dreams, align your energy, remove your blockages, all that jazz. So welcome if you're new. Welcome if you're a High Vibe In It VIP. We love you so much. And thanks for joining us for another week of the show. Today, we have a beautiful, beautiful guest by the name of Marl. Mara, not Marl. I was kidding. I was combining your last name and your first name. Mara Gladsell, like pretzel. And she's beautiful and she has beautiful hair and a beautiful vibe. And whoever's watching on Patreon, I'm really excited for you to see us in action. And she's the author of a book called needy which i haven't even read yet and i already know that it applies to me and many people listening (laughs) so mara thank you so much for joining us on the podcast to talk about this muy importante topic oh thanks for having me i'm super excited to be here yes welcome welcome. mara mara oh yes the first thing i say and i get like stuff in my throat (laughs) (laughs) Mara, I'm so happy to be with you today. As always, we just love all of our guests. And this one is particularly interesting. And something we haven't really attacked, (laughs) it's a word, uh, attacked directly, like the just talking about the idea of having and honoring uh, needs. I mean, you wrote a whole book about it. So I want to take a second and kind of talk about how you got into this particular area. What made you kind of light up about around this idea of (laughs) needs it sounds so simple but I know it isn't it's so layered and so complex and so uh out of the norm for most people because it's just simply not what we're taught to do and I was just having a conversation with my husband about this this morning um which is very funny but I want to talk about your journey and how you kind of got into this specific beautiful area yeah So I had been doing coaching and teaching in self-care realms for like 10 years, quite a period of time. And that work was really rich and really fruitful, but there was always something about self-care that didn't click for me. And, you know, I think that we're sold this idea of self-care, which is oftentimes really beautiful and seems like it's going to feel good, but misses the mark. And we have these models that are prescriptive in nature. They say, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you're going to feel better. And so often I was working with clients who didn't feel better. It wasn't the thing. And they were becoming disenchanted with the concept of self-care to begin with because they would say, well, you know, I'm throwing all this energy at it and I'm not feeling any better. So why bother? 
Mm. And for me, I had to take some time to really think about what was happening in there. And each and every one of us has our own unique prescription for what we require in order to feel better. And the missing link was the needs, right? And looping our needs into how we're caring for ourselves, how we are relating to ourselves, what we're asking for in our relationships allows us to be present in it, right? It allows for care that is responsive and not prescriptive. And so as my work deepened in that way, I realized that we really didn't have, we don't have a vocabulary for what is even possible to need. And that's a stumbling block because we might say, well, what do, what do I need? But we don't even know what we're, what's on the table. We don't even know yeah. what we're allowed to ask for. And so this work was born, this book was born out of work that I was doing with my clients and in online classes around figuring out what that vocabulary is, figuring out what the tools are that enable you to build a relationship first with yourself so that you can bring more of yourself to your work, to your your external relationships, to, you know, every facet of your life. And, you know, like all teachers, I presume, good teachers, I presume, you know, this is what I had to learn yeah. myself. This, yeah. um... I wasn't raised with an understanding of what I needed. I was raised certainly with an understanding of needing too much. And also, you know, during the nineties, not all of the, everything, all of the cultural examples that you were, you were absorbing, if you were me, were pointing you towards this direction of don't be needy. Don't be that. That's the thing none of us want to be. And so in order to avoid that neediness, we've gone as a culture so far to the opposite side that we aren't in connection with our needs by and large. And that is a huge disconnect for, you know, we want to be living these rich and satisfying lives, but if we're, we don't have a working relationship with ourselves, we don't have any data to build that, re- that life on. Yeah, this is so, this is so juicy. So for i want to add something to this conversation too because i feel like where a lot of people go wrong when they're starting to like want to take better care of themselves or love themselves more is that there's a lot of teachers out there basically insinuating that you should be an island onto yourself and that self-love and self-care is all about you doing everything for you and that you should be able to be totally self-sufficient not need anybody complete all your needs for yourself by yourself and that just simply obviously isn't true and for myself as a self-love advocate and teacher i'm always trying not to just imply that right you you do need to give things to yourself and also you need to ask for things that you need but like how can you ask Mm. if you don't know what they are like how you said so i think it's great that you're creating almost like in the book do you share like a list of words that we can need or like things Mm -hmm. that are yeah i think i think that's really really a tangible practical way to figure it out because a lot of people they don't know what they need and usually the way that we find out what we need is by not having it right and then suffering in the absence of that need we're like oh why can't i be happy why can't i be thriving it's like well it's really hard to be happy and thriving if your basic needs aren't getting met and that's where we need to troubleshoot so that we can step into that happiness that fulfillment those really harmonious compatible relationships and i think I know I'm sure a lot of this topic, this 
conversation is going to be about relationships and relating because that's how we get a lot of our needs met. And in today's society, I feel like there's so much emphasis on, you know, attraction and not enough on compatibility. And in order to figure out who you're compatible with, whether it's a friend or a business partner or a romantic partner, you have to know your needs and their needs. And then you can assess if the needs blend harmoniously and you are happy to meet each other's needs or not. You know, so I'm really glad that you're teaching about this because it is like monumental. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, much of the book, first of all, I'll say it takes you through from safety to celebration, nine different needs and the many variations that exist wherein where basically we all share needs and also experience that need in our own particular way. So we may both, we may all share the need for safety. We certainly do share the need for belonging, but how we might experience that need is based on our own lived experience, our personalities, um, our attachment styles, all of these things. And so knowing this, the overarching framework of what's possible to need is important. And also mm -hmm. knowing ourselves in context is important. And in my book, I really take a stand for radical self-responsibility, which means that you are responsible for your yeah. needs. Yeah. And uh, that does not mean that you're responsible for meeting all of your needs by yourself all of the time, but you are responsible for asking for what you need out loud and in the presence of the people in your life. You're responsible for tending to your needs as if they matter. Mm -hmm. You're still responsible for your needs if other people don't have the capacity to meet you in those needs. And so that self-responsibility piece is really important. And how we pull that apart from hyper-individualism is also really important because this isn't saying that you don't need anyone, but that your relationships require you to be as emotionally honest as possible for the vitality of that relationship. Yeah, that is. this is, this is fun because I'm remembering as you talked about your childhood and like being seen as or probably getting the message that, oh, I'm, I'm too needy. My message was, you can't do anything for me. And so I did actually take on the mantle of like, I apparently I'm supposed to do this all myself and that's fine. And so I kind of grew up and, and even in my early adulthood, I got to do it myself. I got to do it myself because I can't count on you guys. I can't count on anybody. And, and I, I understand I have two, I have a dual understanding about this, which is one, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that self, I guess, resilience and the ability to do it myself. And two, I, it's now almost like a weakness. What was my strength or what I saw as a strength is now I'm, I'm like learning is a weakness because my husband and I have the same, uh, conversation, constructive conversation all the time, which is just tell me what you need. I'm like, but you're just supposed to know. <laughs> Why do I got to, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to ask. I just want you to do it. So I'm finding myself and I'm, I'm praying and hoping that other people will relate to this, that it does become a weakness. And we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to carry it all. And yeah, it can be a strength, I guess, in some situations, but if we're not keeping it in check. And if we're not actually growing beyond that, it then becomes toxic or in a weakness and something that I don't want. Like I want to be able 
to ask my kids. I want them to be able to ask me what they, or tell me what they need. I want to be able to ask for what I need. And I am to be clear a lot better than I was. Um, and I'm getting better every day, but I think that it does become something that you really need to look at. And it's not supposed to be that way because for the longest time I thought it was supposed to be that way. So I think that your book is so important for people like me who <laughs> maybe grew up without the best, without the best kind of environment to, to know that you could do that. I want to talk a little bit about the, the title because I know there's a lot there and I want to, I want to dig into it. So your book is called Needy, which some people might look at and be like, what the heck is this book about? But I want you to really explain like the reason for this word, because it's a very particular word and why it's so important that it's called needy. Yeah. So <laughs> I love the word needy. It is delightfully polarizing. Yeah. Um, it makes people <laughs> feel things. It does. And I like to say that if it makes you feel things, that's a surefire way to know that this book is for you. Yes. Right. And, you know, I also, I'm a Pisces. I have a really expansive imagination and the reclamation and redefinition of words is something that's really important to me and is a really powerful concept. And over the last couple of years, I've been working with the word needy. It's also the name of my podcast and have been really thinking about what neediness is, right? And how that feeling of neediness is a desire to matter a desire to be seen to be known and to have your needs prioritized and met and there's nothing wrong with any of that and in fact you know similar to a kind of binge and restrict cycle in dieting you see this thing that happens when we pretend that we don't have any needs then all of a sudden we're having like way too many needs all at one time they're sort of spilling over usually around something that's not kind of a minor thing but you're having a big reaction to it and that the the needs aren't the problem your needs are vital yeah. information for you about how to live about what's in alignment for you, about how to thrive in your relationships. This information is so, so important. And yet that feeling of not wanting to be too much, not wanting to um, be a burden or be a drain, that hungry ghost feeling that we're socialized into, I mean, I'm sure we can all conjure an image of that neediness. Yeah. Um, but there are so many problems with it, right? There are patriarchal problems with it. It is always women who are needy. It is rarely mm -hmm. men who are needy. Um, the very presence of feelings is often seen as this neediness. And there are so many inherent problems with that image of neediness that we carry. And so I think it's really important to begin to pull it apart and think about how we might reclaim it. Now, you know, I don't need people running forward from this book saying I'm needy. And <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to say, you know, that I'm very needy and that's a reality about me, but making peace with the word, understanding yeah. why we cringe when we hear it and understanding what it might look like to allow ourselves to have needs is such a vital importance to our lives. 
Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal, once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal, and that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back, and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, I want to double down on, on what I think uh, is, is the theme of that in, in the statement of your needs are not the problem. They're the solution. <laughs> right. Right. When, when, we're, when we're kind of being called needy, it is completely on the person who's not willing to meet your needs, not on, not on you, right? It's like you need to find that person who is compatible with those needs and who can give you what you need at the same time that you're giving yourself what you need uh, and obviously not relying on them completely. It brings to mind, and this may not connect for some people, but it, it brings to mind that statement of like, oh, she's got daddy issues. Okay, but, and we don't think about, we don't ever think, oh, she's got daddy issues, whatever. Like I grew up with that word, not about me, but like we all grew up with that phrase of like, oh, she's got daddy issues. There must be something wrong with her. But when you sit down and really think about that, that's not her, that's her, that's her dad. Like, what What are we mm -hmm. doing? Why are we doing this to women? Like, what, <laughs> why are we chat? Like, what is the word? Uh, chastising them for, for something they had no control over. And in the same way, we say the word needy without thinking about what it really means or, or without even thinking about what it means for ourselves. Like, we, there's something within us that is not being met. What the heck is wrong with that? <laughs> when did we make that a bad thing? That's so silly to me. Mm -hmm. We don't think about these things. Yeah, it's similar with mommy issues too, I think. You know, it's like that desire to be parented, mm. that desire to be prioritized and cared for and to belong and to be loved unconditionally and how many of us ache for that. Yeah. And why is that a bad thing? You know, why is that this weakness or this thing to be embarrassed about when the reality is we are a hypersocial species? We all have a need for belonging. We all have a need for safety. And we all have particular conditions for what it looks like to have those needs met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Lindsay, to your point, to give a real life example, if I had a dollar for every time one of my exes labeled me as needy, well, yeah. I probably only have like $3, but these are significant <laughs> relationships for me. Don't make that number too high now. Three big dollars. <laughs> Three really big dollars. But like people would label me needy and I would feel so sad because I knew like I was giving everything to them. They were giving nothing to me. And really it was just like not the best relationship for me and it was not compatible at all. And these people weren't even available to meet my yeah. needs. Even if they wanted to, they just really could not at all because they had their whole own issues and they were pouring from an empty cup, so to speak. So as yeah. soon as I read the title of your book, I was like, 
I understand wholeheartedly and completely exactly what she's trying to do by reclaiming this word because it can be a really hurtful word. And I always then internalized that and made it mean that I'm too much until that I learned too much. You're too much is, yeah. is so similar to like, where's your next book? Number two should be called too much because that's <laughs> another one we need to take back. Go yeah. find less. That's what I say. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, too much for that person. Yeah. Maybe. Well, those couple people, those three dollars. <laughs> but in reality, like I'm not too much for my fiance now. I in the beginning, yeah. I, if I was crying or if I was having like some sort of needy moment, I would be like, oh, my God, am I needy? Am I too much? And he would just leave me and be like, no, you're a person. Like everyone's allowed to cry. Everyone's allowed to have feelings. Like I'm happy to hold space for you and give you a hug if that's what you need. And that was the first time I experienced being in a compatible enough relationship where the person was happy to meet my needs and make mm. me feel belonging. And obviously that's like why we're about to get married. But it's so, it's so, so, so important just to speak on this because I think there's a lot of people out there like me who feel that they are too much they're too needy they're asking for too much they're too whatever and it's just not it's just not it kelsey this is one yet another example of how we are complete opposites and yet so compatible because we got the one yeah. end of the spectrum over here where could not that it's you necessarily but that it could be seen as like looking to someone else to fulfill your needs maybe too much too much being called too much and then you have the other side who's like don't ever try to come near me like like just this fiercely independent to the point where it's not okay to to actually ask for help or to have your needs be met by somebody else so I think that we are again so mm -hmm. so compatible and just so opposite <laughs> like we, we both know. have the yeah. complete extreme <laughs> but we're both I think we both um because I know I know your journey Kels we've known each other for a long time um, and I know for myself, like, I think we've, if we, if we started at that complete end of the spectrum, I think we've both now been so good about coming more to center, more to that healthy balance of yes, meet my own needs and ask for help when you need it. And I think that that's so important to find that balance, you know, within yourself. Mara, can we talk about that? That like mm -hmm. that gray area or that sweet spot where you have both? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, just to put that into context, I think that when we experience feedback about our needs during our upbringing, which, mm. you know, we're all experiencing all the time, this, I have two kids, a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And when my oldest child was born, I was really surprised to sit with that feeling of, you know, I was so, I so wanted to be the kind of mother that was there for her and everything that she needed and to provide only positive feedback when she expressed her needs. And you're also a human. So sometimes you're really tired or really overwhelmed or you're yeah. learning how to breastfeed a baby and you just gave birth. It's like all of these things are going on. And I, I was hyper aware of how even under the best circumstances, misunderstandings happen around needs yep. and when those misunderstandings are happening or when we're receiving messages about what it means to have needs and all families kind of deal with this differently depending on the resources that are available both internal and external and the amount of energy and the family configuration all of that as we're receiving that feedback we generally go in one of two ways 
right? And that's in the needs, don't know them, hyper-independent, or <laughs> it is so acutely important to me that you see me and you understand what I need mm -hmm. that I may be, have a more of a voracious drive for that than other people, because I don't feel safe unless that I'm like always looking, always looking, always looking. So that hyper-seeking or really turning that part of ourselves off and, you know, sometimes we turn that part of ourselves off because that's how we learned how to take care of our caregivers, right? We didn't want to burden them with our needs. Or, you know, maybe we're trying to get that care that we didn't get when we were kids or we didn't get in our early relationships. And so we're always seeking. And so we come by it honestly. And that's really important to understand how, wherever it is that you are on the spectrum right now, um, we're all a product of our experiences. And so knowing that and honoring that and really understanding that I am a human, humans have needs, your needs are a fact and not a flaw. And whether you feel drawn towards them or you feel, you know, kind of repelled away from them, the, the presence of those needs is not a problem for you and learning how to be in relationship with yourself and be in relationship with your needs requires understanding. You know, for me, I am a super seeker. I, you know, want to, you know, way more so than many people want to be seen, want to be known, want to be cared for. I have a system that is super sensitive and highly vigilant looking for moments where I'm not seen, not cared mm -hmm. for, not understood. And, you know, always wanting to make sure, always explaining my, you know, my natural inclination is to explain your face off. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you're not understanding. I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to tell you in a different way. I'm going to tell you again and again and again. This is so funny. This sounds like my husband. I love you, babe. It really does. Well, like he, and he's expressed that you. multiple times and it would make sense that we've got we together. often attract and this <laughs> yeah. is the same with me and my partner it's the same and you know i'm way on the needs side and my partner cookie is like don't i what does that even mean when you say what do you need what could i possibly need from yeah. you i got it yeah. covered yeah, so yeah. you know and learning how to come into that gray zone in the middle is so important you know just this morning and this is something that we've been working on. I was feeling very tender about something that my partner was feeling very businesslike about. I love and... this phrasing. I'm going to adopt, assimilate <laughs> it now. Okay, keep going. And I was getting a little bit fraught about that. And <laughs> they looked at me and they said, you know, okay, when we talk about this later, let's make a promise. I will be a little bit less businesslike about this if you are willing to be a little bit less tender about it which was so sweet. It was really sweet. I, you know, just having that understanding of like, I'm up here, you're down here. And we're always kind of striving to meet in the middle mm -hmm. and, you know, really understanding how, you know, me not being quite so vigilant and giving my partner more space is an act of love. They really need that. And for me, you know, I really want to take care of my partner. So it is meaningful for me when they say, hey, this is something that you could do to support me. You know, they don't want to put me out. They don't want to, you know, become vulnerable in front of me, but how meaningful it is to me for them to give me those opportunities to care. So, you know, coming into that middle point, and it's a work in progress, 
but I think the the foundation of that has to be so much compassion for yourself and so much understanding that this is vulnerable work and we have to be we have to give ourselves grace yeah thousand million percent a to the men yeah mic drop i love don't drop it it's probably expensive but (laughs) that's a (laughs) mic drop moment right there yeah i think it's i think it's so interesting most of most of the the misunderstandings do come from like my husband just not feeling like I'm like I'm hearing him but he's like but do you get like do you understand I'm like yeah uh, way businesslike and and when you <laughs> when you said that I was like 100 percent. that sounds exactly like us so I I love this idea of like always seeking to come to the middle and I think that's a theme it, that any every marriage should, should be or, or partnership should be focused on is just it's not all or nothing. It can't be, it can't be. You just come to my side all the time mm-hmm. or I, fine. I'll just go to your side all the time. I'll just, I'll just always understand you, but I don't, it can, it cannot. So always seeking for opportunities to come to that middle is just, it, there's no downside because you both understand each other better. You feel closer. It elevates the relationship because you both feel safe. And I just think that's, I'm just such an advocate for that. And, and, <laughs> and not in necessarily in practice, I am getting better, but in the idea of like, it just sounds, yeah, of course, of mm-hmm. course, that's what needs to happen. And, and I do it as much as possible, but you know, you're absolutely right. When you talk about parenting and, and just in partnerships, like we all come into this with the best of intentions, don't we? And we all also have all of our triggers and all of our (laughs) stuff that we're coming in, all of our knee-jerk reactions that we might not even know existed until the moment cropped up. And you're like, oh, that's a thing I need to look at. Um, Yeah. Intentions, man. That was a really beautiful example. I'm glad you shared that because it just makes it like so much more practical. And I want to get into, uh, well, I want to ask you, what are some of the needs that people are surprised to find out that they need or like common ones that people are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that I needed that. But before we get into that, I wanted to add a point to something you said way, way earlier. Well, also really just building the case for why you should own your needs, which we've been doing this whole time. But something that I've noticed too is like when people don't own their needs or they don't consciously know their needs, your needs are going to get met one way or another. They're going to get met consciously and in a beneficial way or they're going to get met subconsciously in probably a manipulative way. So or self-destructive. Of, yeah, a <laughs> lot of more narcissistic people or people with personality disorders or just people who are manipulative in general, they don't know how to get their needs met. They don't know how to ask. They don't know how to go directly for what they need and what they want. So they have to do it in covert ways, right? Because you only have really one option when it comes to your needs, and that's for them to get met or suffer greatly right so i think it's important too to build the case not just for why it's so beneficial but why when you don't do it it can be so detrimental and you can be not only hurting yourself but others too by not claiming your needs in a healthy um Mm -hmm. conscious way going for them directly Mm -hmm. because you're gonna go for them one way or another yeah yeah and before i answer your question i do want to say that i think you know one thing that is so important to keep in mind is that we're all trying to get our needs met and that when we have the belief like Lindsay said earlier that our partner should just know what we need or furthermore that that's what it means to be loved Mm -hmm. right that love means you know what i need and i don't have to say a word 
Then if that person doesn't just know, because we're not mind readers, nobody just knows what you need. Um, when that person doesn't just know that then they don't love you and that they don't understand you and how quickly that plays out and how we are so socialized to believe that if we are good enough, people will just know we will people will see us as worthy of having needs and just know what we need. And so we get stuck in this spiral of working, 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 trying to earn our worth, trying to earn our needs. Healthy. Showing how how easy is it for me to sit down? <laughs> Not easy. <laughs> you Not. are speaking, you like you you know me. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, and showing, trying to show other people what we need through our actions, hoping that they'll just kind of like a mimic it back to us <laughs> um, instead of asking for it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when we are not being explicit about what we need, there is just nothing but room for misunderstanding. Right. And there is so much that happens in that misunderstanding, but namely, you're not getting your needs met. And I have so many clients who come to me in this place of, you know, I feel unappreciated, unvalued by the people in my life. Nobody knows what I need. Nobody's giving me what I need. I am not asking for what I need, <laughs> especially not from myself or anyone else. Um, but, you know, that piece of usually these people are also highly uh sensitive to what other people need mm -hmm. which is a, a trauma response right many of us grow up to be hyper aware of what other people need and so we may believe i know what everyone else needs and it is my job to know what everyone else needs it keeps me safe to know what everyone else needs before they know it and everyone else does the same and they just are ignoring me or not caring if they're not you know acting on that data so first of all not everybody knows second of all your actual job is to ask for what you need and you know i think when we start pulling these apart it really comes to the core of how we conduct ourselves in our relationships and the boundaries that we have with ourselves about what is and what isn't our responsibility yeah. and when we're seeking to have healthier relationships with other people you can never go wrong with expressing things out loud and encouraging the people in your life to express things out loud too and practicing for small things Okay, I have a quick update for you guys. There are a few spots left for the October Radical Self-Love Retreat, which is coming up so quick. I'm super excited. So if you want to participate in a week full of activations, upgrades, luxury, and play, join us. We're going to visit a private beach, ride ATVs, have Reiki performed on us, pull all the cards, do a bunch of healing work, eat yummy, yummy food, hang by the pool, and so much more. And I have to say that this might be one of the last ones because I'm thinking of shifting focus to couples retreats next. So if you don't want to miss out on this retreat, now's your time. Visit kelseyaida.com slash retreat to apply today. You know, as I said before, it's hard for my partner to ask me for what they need. And, you know, I'm like, it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Like, it doesn't have to be like, you can emotionally support me in this way that you truly do not desire to be emotionally supported. But you can say like, can you take the trash out? 
Can you, you know, things that are tangible, things that are easier, starting with what comes easiest and building out from there. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but you can avoid that misunderstanding when you start to address those needs directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know it's for me, it seemed at one point like the hardest thing in the world. And it's definitely not. <laughs> I've, if I look back at like all my hardest experiences, this is very easy. It's just vulnerable because you yeah. feel like it's dangerous to ask for what you need. Um, but it's not, especially from somebody who is quite literally there and wants to do it. Like that's mm-hmm. the, that's the part that was misfiring for me is like, you actually want, you want to, what <laughs> does not compute. And, and again, it's taken me a little bit of time, but I'm more comfortable um, expressing that most of the time and, and just simple things, like you said, like, uh, do you mind doing the dishes for me while I go do this amazing episode with Mara Glatzel, um, <laughs> or, <laughs> or just watching the kid while I take a shower, which, you know, he usually just does anyway, but, but yeah, simple things, your partner wants, usually if they're good for you, they want to support you just like you want to support them. There's no, there's no danger. And that's the part I needed to really make peace with. Like, I am, I'm safe to ask for what I need. Um, well, yeah. it's the perceived danger, right? Because we think, yeah. oh, if I ask and they decline, if they're yeah. like, no, then what does that mean? Does that mean <laughs> we have to break up? Does that mean they don't love me? Does that mean I'm not worth it? Like all the things that Mara was talking about and yeah. just like that perceived threat of like, they don't they don't love me. They don't mm-hmm. want to help me. They don't want to take the trash out, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. so back to my question, because I know we got really passionate about what we were talking about. What are some of the, <laughs> what are some of the common ones that surprise people where they're like, oh, I didn't know that I needed that? Because maybe you're speaking, mm. speaking life to them. Someone will listen and be like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, things that people didn't think they were allowed. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's the too. thing for me is like, am I really, is that, does that count? Like, am I allowed to (laughs) need that? that. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, you're allowed to need anything that you need. That's kind of the the first and only rule here. Um, But, you know, I find that we are by and large more comfortable with the needs of our physical body than we are with anything else, right? Because we read self-help books and magazines and we talk about it, you know, we need rest. We need food. We need to move our bodies, drink more water, um, drink more water, all of those things. And so those may be where the conversation begins and ends for many people. But beyond our physical needs, we have needs for our mental health, for our emotional health, for our our spiritual health. And these are the needs that I think we put into the category of like nice to have super optional. Um, And that could be uh, needs for connection or community, Um, needs for right contribution, right? Showing up and giving to, um, giving of yourself in a way that feels really aligned. Um, Living in alignment with your values having your own understanding of what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to that, that need for emotional or energetic integrity. Um, We have needs for celebration, for joy, and that those can feel super optional because it feels like, well, you know, I don't have time for that, but celebration is generative. 
It is something that gives us so much energy. And so when we begin to have a broader understanding of what we are allowed to need, then we can start to get those needs met because you know, it is often that feeling people will come to, to me to work with me and say, well, I need rest. And rest is like the word we know mm. to put on the feeling of I'm tired. But there's so many different ways of being tired. And being physically tired is only one of them, right? That exhaustion that accompanies um, feeling uh, creatively stagnant or that comes from being spiritually disconnected, or that comes from longing for being seen and known in community and not having that. You know, I think a lot of us are coming through that with COVID. Um, There are so many ways to be exhausted. And if we think only about that physical rest, then when we get, we sleep more, maybe, you know, it's like, well, I still longing for something Mm -hmm. that I don't even know what the name is. And so giving yourself that permission to need what you need. It's like, if you have a need for participating in community theater, great. If you have a need for play, for pottery, for getting on a carousel, for going out for a night with your best friends, whatever those things are that are occurring to you, you know, retraining your brain to say, not just like what is strictly necessary, but what brings me alive, what makes me feel whole, and really considering that expansion of items as pertinent too, right? just as important. And does this mean that you're going to have to say no to some things in order to say yes to yourself? Absolutely. Um, But your life is better for it. Yeah. And, you know, so many of us are walking around saying, I'm, you know, I want more than this. My life is unsatisfying, but we're unwilling to say no to some of the things that we're saying yes to that aren't feeding us. And at some point we have to reckon with how we are spending our, our resources. I think you answered that perfectly. Cause my last question was going to be, okay, so how do we know for like the new listeners or anybody who doesn't know, how do we know the difference between a genuine need versus a want versus a should versus a toxic need or something that really isn't healthy, but you're saying you need it like wine at the end of the day, <laughs> but like, what is the difference between those things? And I think that your answer mm-hmm. of like, does this fill me up? Is this expansive? Does this uh, make, you know, make light me up kind of thing. And that's, that's the, the feeling I get of like, when you think about doing that thing, you like, Oh, it's like exciting. Right. And it's like expansive and you know, that it's, that it's good, (laughs) whatever that word means to you. It is a good thing for you to do. I think that's a, that's a great distinction to make. Yeah. So the way that I like to think about it is that, you know, and the need is the what, and the want is the how. So they actually really work together uh-huh. if you're thinking about like needs and wants. And so, you know, if what I need is to feel safe and what I want is to, um, you know, h- hug after we have a difficult conversation, the, the want is that expression of that need. And so whenever we're thinking about what we want, we want things for a very specific reason, even if it's like a superficial thing or we want to judge it or whatever, we want it for a reason. And so the there's no hierarchy really between needs and wants. 
And it's an invitation for us to get curious about, you know, hey, look, if we're doing something that's not really working for us, um, scrolling, 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 drinking a ton of wine, whatever, numbing out, um, getting curious and saying, what need is this filling for me? Mm-hmm is the first step in considering, is there another way that I could meet this need? And knowing that every action is an attempt to meet a need. And if the action isn't working, we can dig beneath it to get curious about what the need might be and think about, well, how else can I meet that need? How can I meet that need in a way that serves me even marginally better? Mm, This is so good. I love it. I'm obsessed with this conversation. Well, I'm generally <laughs> obsessed with nourishment and thriving yeah. and all things good and beneficial. So it makes sense. But also just as like a self-love nerd, I'm just like, yes, this is a conversation that needed to be had. So yay. <laughs> Thank you, Mara, for coming on and writing this gorgeous book that I cannot wait to dive into. Um, can you tell everyone more about where they can work with you, where they can buy your book, how they can connect with you? Yeah. So you can come hang out with me at maraglatzel.com and you'll find my book there. You'll find all of my current offerings there. You'll also find a quiz about what you need right now that'll connect you immediately with some fun resources. So if you want to just like dive in and um, explore some of my free offerings, uh, you can take the quiz and I'll connect you with a bunch of fun resources for what you need right now. Beautiful. That does sound fun. Go take the quiz, guys, and definitely read the book. Read the book. We do have more, a couple more questions for you, if that's okay, over on the mm-hmm. Patreon. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to come hang out with us there, go to patreon.com slash high vibe. You get bonus content. You get extended episodes. You get extended conversations with our beautiful guests and a lot of fun stuff, VIP treatment. If that's your thing, come to patreon.com slash high vibe. I want to ask you how you can still be ambitious and still reach your goals without sacrificing self-care. And I also want to talk about how you specifically want uh, some of your favorite ways to take care of yourself. So we're going to talk about that over on Patreon. Come join us. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Thank you to everybody who has left a review and shared the podcast with friends and family. We super appreciate it. It really helps the show a lot, especially because our goal is to get over 1 million downloads before the end of 2023. And we definitely need and appreciate your help to do it. You can further support the show by joining patreon.com slash high vibe to get exclusive content, extended episodes, bonuses, and more. Thanks again for listening. We love you so much and we'll be back next week with another new episode. Bye. Bye.